Chapter four of the covered wagon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The covered wagon by Emerson Huff. Chapter four. Fever of new fortunes. The notes of a bugle, high and clear, sang reveille at dawn. Now came hurried activities of those who had delayed. The streets of the two frontier settlements were packed with ox teams, horses, wagons, cattle driven through. The frontier stores were stripped of their last supplies. One more day, and then on to Oregon. Wingate broke his own camp early in the morning and moved out to the open country west of the landing, making a last bivouac at what would be the head of the train. He had asked his four lieutenants to join him there. Hall, Price, and Kelsey headed in with straggling wagons to form the nucleuses of their columns. But the morning wore on, and the Missourians, now under Woodhull, had not yet broken park. Wingate waited moodily. Now at the edge of affairs, human apprehensions began to assert themselves, especially among the womenfolk. Even stout Molly Wingate gave way to doubt and fears. Her husband caught her apron to eyes sitting on the wagon tongue at ten in the morning with her pots and pans unpacked what he exclaimed you're not weakening haven't you as much courage as those mormon women on ahead some of them pushing carts i've heard they've done it for religion jess oregon ain't no religion for me yet it has music for a man's ears molly hush i've heard it all for the last two years what happened to the donners two years back and four years ago it was the Applegates left home in old Missouri to move to Oregon. Who will ever know where their bones are laid? Look at our land we left rich, black and rich as any in the world. What corn, what wheat, why everything grew well in Illinois. Yes, and cholera below us wiping out the people, and the trouble over slaveholding working up the river more and more, and the sun blazing in the summer while in the winter time we froze well as for food we never saw any part of kentucky with half so much grass we had no turkeys at all there and where we left you could kill one any gobbling time the pigeons roosted not four miles from us in the woods along the river even a woman could kill coons and squirrels all we'd need no need for us to eat rabbits like the mormons our chicken yard was fifty miles across the young ones would be flying by roasting ear time, and in fall the sloughs were black with ducks and geese. Enough and to spare we had, and our land opening. And Molly teaching the school, with twelve dollars a month cash for it. And Ted learning his blacksmith trade before he was eighteen. How could we ask more? What better will we do in Oregon? You always throw the wet blanket on Oregon, Molly. It is so far. How do we know it is far? We know men and women have crossed, and we know the land is rich. Wheat grows fifty bushels to the acre. The trees are big as the spires on meeting-houses. The fish run by the millions in the streams, and yet the winters have little snow. A man can live there and not slave out a life. Besides, and the frontier now spoke in him, this country is too old, too long settled. My father killed his elk and his buffalo, too, in Kentucky. But that was before my day. I want the buffalo. I crave to see the plains, Molly, what real American does not. Mrs. Wingate threw her apron over her face. 
the oregon fever has witched you jesse she exclaimed between dry sobs wingate was silent for a time corn ought to grow in oregon he said at last yes but does it i never heard it didn't the soil is rich and you can file on six hundred and forty acres there's your donation claim four times bigger than any land you can file on here we sold out at ten dollars an acre more'n our land really was worth or ever is going to be worth it's just the speculators says any different let em have it and us move on that's the way money's made and always has been made all across the united states huh you talk like a land speculator your own self well if it ain't the movers make a country what does if we don't settle oregon how long'll we hold it the preachers went through to oregon with horses like as not even the applegates got their wagons across like enough they got through i want to see the country before it gets too late for a good chance molly first thing you know buffalo'll be getting scarce out west too like deer was getting scarcer on the sangamon we ought to give our children as good a chance as we had ourselves as good a chance haven't they had as good a chance as we ever had didn't our land more'n triple from a dollar and a quarter it made triple again time they're old as we are now that's a long time to wait it's a long time to live a lifetime but everybody's got to live it she stood looking at him look at all the good land right in here here we got walnut and hickory and oak worlds of it we got sassafras and pawpaw and hazel bush we got all the hickory nuts and pecans we like any fall the wild plums is better'n any in kentucky and as for grapes they're big as your thumb and thousands on the river wait till you see the plum and grape gel i could make this fall women always thinking of gel but we've got every herb here we need boneset and sassafras and injun physic and bark for the fever there ain't nothing you can name we ain't got right here or on the sangamon and yet you talk of taking care of our children huh. we've moved five times since we was married now just as we got into a good country where a woman could dry corn and put up gel and where a man could raise some hogs why you wanted to move again plumb out to oregon i tell you jesse wingate hogs is a blame sight better to tie to than buffalo you talk like you had to settle oregon well haven't i got to somehow it seems a man ain't making up his own mind when he moves west pap moved twice in kentucky once in tennessee and then over to missouri after you and me was married and moved up into indiana before we moved over into illinois he said to me and i know it for the truth he couldn't hardly tell who it was or what it was hitched up the team but first thing he knew there the old wagon stood right front of the house cover all on plow hanging on behind tar bucket under the wagon and dog and all all he had to do pap said was just to climb up the front seat and speak to the team my ma she climbed up on the seat with him then they moved on west you know molly my ma she climbed up on the front seat his wife suddenly turned to him the tears still in her eyes yes and jesse wingate and you know it your wife's as good a woman as your ma when the wagon was a standin cover on and you on the front seat i climb up by you jess same as i always have and always will haven't i always you know that but it's harder on women moving is they care more for a house that's rain tight in a storm i know you did molly said her husband soberly i suppose i can pack my gels in a box and put in the wagon anyways 
She was drying her eyes. Why, yes, I reckon so, and then a few sacks of dried corn will go mighty well on the road. One thing, she turned on him in wifely fury. You shan't keep me from taking my bureau and my six chairs all the way across. No, nor my garden seeds, all I saved. No, nor yet my rose roots that I'm taking along. We got to have a home, Jess. We got to have a home. There's Jed and Molly coming on. Where's Molly now? suddenly asked her husband. She ought to be helping you right now. Oh, back at the camp, I suppose, her and Jed, too. I told her to pick a mess of dandelion greens and bring over. Larking around with them young fellows like enough. Huh. She'll have less time if Jed had to ride herd. Molly's got to take care of that team of big mules and drive them all day in the light wagon, too. I reckon if she does that and teaches night school right along, she won't be feeling so gay. They tell me folks has got married going across, she added, not to mention buried. One book we had set up on the plat two years back, there was a wedding and a birth and a burying, all in one train, all inside of one hour, and all inside of one mile. That's Oregon. Well, I reckon it's life, ain't it, rejoined her husband. One thing, I'm not keen to have Molly pay too much notice to that young fellow Banyan. Him, they said, was a leader of the Liberty Wagons. Huh. He ain't leader now. You like Sam Woodhull better for Molly, Jess? Some ways. He falls in along with my ideas. He ain't so apt to make trouble on the road. He sided in with me right along at the last meeting. He done that? Well, his father was a sheriff once, and his uncle, Judge Henry D. Showalter, he got into Congress politics. But some folks said the Banyans was the best family. Kentucky they was. Well, comes to sidin' in, Jess. I reckon it's Molly herself who'll count more in that than either them or either of us. She's eighteen past. Another year and she'll be an old maid. If there's a wedding going across— There won't be, said her husband shortly. If there is, it won't be her and no William Banyan, I'm saying that. End of chapter 4